from Tobacco Republic in Loomis, California. This is Beyond the Humidor, a cigar podcast for the rest of us. With your host, Greg Perry, Louis Starr, and I am Scott Robinson. This episode's guests are Craig Perry, tobacconist and social media director, Sarah Belt. Well, once again, I would like to welcome you all to another episode of Beyond the Humidor. Scott Robinson with you this evening. And I am, since we're going to get into what we always get into, what we're smoking and what we're drinking, we're drinking some fine Grenache from Wild Rudder Vineyards out here in Plymouth, California. Little fun fact, the Grenache grape is one of the most commonly grown grapes in the world. Um, originates from Spain, and it is going quite nicely with the Padron's um, Anniversario 64 Principe that I am smoking. Show off. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> nice little um, Corona cigar, um, origins out of Nicaragua in natural. It also comes in Maduro, but I have natural tonight, so lump it with a Habano wrapper leaf. And the origin, <laughs> of course, is from Nicaragua. That's the proper way to say it's Nicaragua. It's Nicaragua? Nicaragua. I should be wearing a boonie hat and carrying an AK-47 walking through the forest when I say it like that. Oy vey. <laughs> Greg, how you doing tonight? Not you, bad, You know, not you're bad. supposed to hit the consonants when you say Nicaragua. It's not just Nicaragua. Nicaragua. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a while since I've done my Spanish. Very, very long time, apparently. Es muy mal. Oh, That's mas okay. o menos. Yeah. You know what a pato is, right? It's a duck. Yeah, and a patito. patito. It's a a little duck. Yep. That's about it. Congratulations. I've exceeded my Spanish. (laughs) That's it. Oh, I also know how to I also know how to order another beer and where is the bathroom and that's it. Those are important things to know. Absolutely. Oh, donde esta la biblioteca? (laughs) The library. library Wow. There's no libraries anymore. It's called Google, my friend. Get with the technology. So, anyway, good evening, everybody. Hey, I am smoking the leaf by Oscar. It is a wonderful cigar blended by our friend Oscar Valadares, and it comes out of uh, Island Jim's house. I'm not Johnny on the spot because my magic app that tells me all this fine information for you guys is broken. Uh, it is a Corojo cigar. It's a wonderful cigar. It's one of my go-tos here in the shop and uh, elsewhere in the in the environment, and uh, I love these things because, as you guys know, and most of the listeners, I would hope, know, is it does not come in cello. It is actually wrapped in a tobacco leaf, and it's just an awesome presentation, although I have seen people try and smoke it without unwrapping it, so shut up. interesting. <laughs> I did that once. <laughs> and by the way... It happens me- more often than you'd think. It's really funny. And by the way, let me say, when you um, said Oscar's name, it kind of reminded me of those intros to the news where you have like three or four Anglos and the one Hispanic, whatever role they're in. (laughs) You know how it goes. It's like, this is KNW News with Jim Johnson, Melanie Paulson, and Pedro Del Salvador de Los Angeles Ramirez with weather. And Bob Thompson with sports. (laughs) (laughs) I prefer Mexican news, you know, the weather girls. Oh, just good God. No, Sabado Gigante. You haven't lived till you've seen Sabado Gigante. Oh, I've seen that. It's on at night all the time for some reason. 
It's only on on Saturday night. Well, whichever <laughs> night it was. I'm not a teenager anymore. <laughs> and we have the internet now. <laughs> Very true. How you doing there, Craig? I'm fantastic. I'm, uh, well, since we'll get to that, and I don't need a cigar journal to tell me what to do, I use my Abby Normal brain. <laughs> <laughs> nice young Frankenstein reference there. I'm smoking the uh, Gran Habano Corojo Number no. 5. It's a great smoke. It's a nice medium, very woody and floral, a little bit spicy, Nicaraguan. Excellent smoke. Just so good. What was that again? Nicaraguan? Yeah, I'm not I'm not Mexican. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm white. Leave me alone, Nicaraguan. And I've got the most what do you say, nasally voiced on the show? Just embrace it, baby. <laughs> I am just missing the uh the tape on my glasses and the and the and the pocket protector with ink on it. <laughs> Craig looks like every disgruntled school shooter. <laughs> <laughs> and we're off the air. Oh. Would you done. like to say your your joke right now, Scott? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, and here comes the hate mail. <laughs> Switching gears, Sarah, how are you this evening? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. We started off with some Don Julio 1942 tequila. And now we've moved on to Grenache, so uh, it's been a good night. I've got a LFD uh, 1994 in hand, so I'm very excited to smoke that. I've not smoked that. It's a San Andreas wrapper with a Dominican binder and filler in a Churchill size, so we'll see how that goes with the Grenache. A big boy. Very nice. Size matters, baby. (laughs) Especially when we're talking about cigars. (laughs) Well, um, this episode, we are going to talk about humidors. The cigars, house, crib, place the sanctuary for all our cigars. Sanctuary is a loose term, by the way. I was thinking more like prison. Some of them, yeah, yeah, it is a prison. Because, you know, you got to rescue them from humidors. <laughs> so y'all want to talk about humidors. So let me start this, this off by saying something here. Humidors are like Lay's potato chips. You can't have just one. You think you can, but you'll very quickly fill that one and have to buy another, and then have to buy another, and then have to buy another. And in Scott's case, buy a cabinet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I've got about four desktop humidors by way of Rocky Patel swag. And then I've got, yes, I've got the big one, but even mine isn't that large. No, it's not, but it still is very nice to have because Craig and I are working on, what is it, eight between the two of us? It's too many. Good yeah. God. And they're full. And don't forget all the bags, Ziploc bags and Bovita packs because we can't just, can't help ourselves. No, exactly. <laughs> I mean, our house looks like a cigar shop in most cases. It's ridiculous. So let's talk humidors for a little bit, and uh, it's nice because Craig's on the show with us and and can and can give us the the feedback on this. So one of the first things I want to touch on is when you're thinking about buying a humidor, there are several different factors to look at, and we're going to go through most of them, um, at least the important ones, the major ones. And the first one I want to talk about, no snickering, everyone, is the right size humidor. What do you plan? on how many cigars do you plan on storing it and what is the purpose of this humidor? So it is a very important question. 
because you've got to think about, are you looking at a 25-count desk humidor, 50-count desk humidor up to 200, or are you going to go into a cabinet? In that being said, you know, the casual smoker, when I started smoking cigars, it was a 25-count desk humidor, which very quickly got outgrown. And we went to 100-count. And then my brother bought me one for my birthday or Christmas. I can't remember. So that is one of the biggest questions. How many cigars do you plan to smoke? And how many do you keep? You know, we've established Scott's got a big one and a, a cabinet and a couple. Craig and I have got a bunch of desktops. How about you over there? Do you have a, a herf? Me? Yeah, you. Yes, you. Um, I have a herf. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I have a herf. Um, holds 10. I have a Tatuaje coffin that holds five. And then um, I have a glass top humidor that holds like 50. Oh, great. You'll, you'll be helpful when we get to that point. Sure. Glass tops. But yeah, that's see, and, and as you guys can see, or hear rather, all of us have multiple humidors. We're all fairly seasoned cigar smokers. We've all been smoking for longer than any of us would care to admit. And uh, it, it's a definite factor. Also, when you're talking about the size of your humidor, what is its purpose? Is this a travel humidor? Are you taking it on the road? Or is this a um, a desktop that's going to stay at home? In my case, guess what? I got both. In fact, everybody here has both. We've all got travel humidors. And those, too, come in various sizes, from the five-count humidors that, that Tobacco Republic sells all the way up. They sell a 50-count one as well, which I do happen to have, and it's very nice. So, so that's one thing you're really going to look at and uh, is size. And then, you know, one of the things, Craig, is, you know, you know, there's a couple different ways to humidify said humidor based on its size. And it's important that you know, I believe it's, is it the square centimeters or square inches that you look at when you figure out how you're going to humidify this thing? I can't remember. Ask me that question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, here's here's the thing. I, I, I can look at it and just figure out, okay, that can fit about 20, 25 cigars, and this is what you need to humidify it with. It's pretty easy to look at. No, I don't remember that part. Yeah. <laughs> Too true. I guess that's true. So in, in this shop, there's a couple different systems that they sell. Um, the one that I'm most impressed with is, is the newest on the market, and that's the Bovita system. It is a self-contained um, system that gets stuck into the top of your humidor. That system then takes um, these little liquid gel-filled packages in 72, 84. I think there's even a 69% package. Yeah, there's a 68 or 69 one. And uh, you put them inside the holder in your humidor, and it's literally set it and forget it for at least a month, if not longer especially if you're not opening your humidor all that often. And if you're not opening all that humidor that often, you got to come and join us so we can educate y'all because it should be opening every day. It's also a matter of how many cigars you have in there. Like I've had a large box, um, one of the nice Rocky Patel ones that um, he um, gives away during his events. If you buy a box or two, if you get the opportunity to get one of these, they are beautiful. He actually had one that was made of leather. It was quite pretty. Yeah, they are. But, you know, you can drop a Rorita pack in there, and if you have a few cigars in there, you know, it'll last for a while. But it just all depends. What I like to do with those boxes, though, is kind of, um, I don't throw a Rorita pack in there with a completely dry 
humidor. Otherwise, it's going to get used up very, very quickly. So I'll try to season it, of course, with distilled water, you know, wipe distilled water in there, close it up, put like a little shot glass of water with a paper towel. Otherwise, you're going to get a ring um, onto the bottom of your humidor and let it sit in there for like four or five days. And then I'll throw a Brovita pack in there and let it sit for like a couple of days so that the um, conditions equalize enough where I can put cigars in. Yeah, and it's it's very important that that you do season it properly. In fact, um, you know, Craig, what is the seasoning process? So what you're doing is essentially the Spanish cedar lining is very good at absorbing moisture and not growing mold. And the reason why you want to season a humidor is because the if you just put the cigars in there and then you put the humidity in there without seasoning the wood, the wood and the cigars will compete for humidity and it will never get to the right uh, humidity without seasoning it. So the, the, what you do is essentially you're pre prepping the wood to absorb the moisture. So it's not competing with the cigars for humidity. And if you keep it humidified, it won't unseason. And if it unseasons, like you take your cigars out and you don't use it for a while, you're going to have to reseason it to use it again. And one thing I want to touch on real quick, because uh, is with your humidor, and let's say you have a hundred count humidor and you only have 50 cigars in there. One thing to know is that if your if the cigar if you don't have the cigar humidor full, the harder the humidification system is going to have to work to keep it humidified, because the more empty space of air that there is, the more it has to humidify. So every time you open it, it has to rehumidify all that space. So if you're not going to have a humidor like that and you're not going to have it full all the time, then you just have to realize or accept that it's going to be a little hard to humidify. Or the alternative is, is if you're not always going to keep it full, get a piece of Spanish cedar, like a piece of wood, chop it down and sand it to fit in the humidor and nice and smooth, season that as well, and then put that in the empty space so it's not having to humidify that space. That's one thing to know. Like I said, the emptier the humidor is, the bigger the humidor is, the emptier it is, the harder it has to work to humidify it, so keep that in mind. That's actually true, definitely when you're considering size. Um, Since we're talking about Spanish cedar... There's also construction of a humidor. How is it built? This becomes majorly important when you figure that humidors are not just built out of Spanish cedar. In fact, usually, and I correct me if I'm wrong, Craig, but typically Spanish cedar is just the lining on the inside. Yeah, it's very expensive. It's usually just the lining on the inside. The actual box can be built out of any hardwood, bamboo. I've seen some beautiful humidors built out of exotic materials. In fact, um, one of the patrons that comes into the lounge here, he even builds them out of stone. And they're just beautiful, but they weigh a ton. I mean, that's not something you're sitting on your coffee table because you're going to shatter that coffee table. But, um, you know, Spanish cedar is by far the best. It protects the cigars. It holds the humidity. It takes care of being mold-resistant. It's pretty beetle-proof, which we'll get into that subject in a little bit. Um, And, you know, it just depends. I want to touch on a touchy subject here. And... This is my own personal opinion. I'm just going to put that out of here ahead of time. Glass top humidors. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so here's my thing on glass top humidors. And this goes into the next uh, topic too, which is spotting an inexpensive humidor and why you wouldn't want to purchase it. A lot of the glass top humidors are typically their giveaways or their inexpensive um, add-ons to cigar purchases. 
uh, from your various cigar houses online. Is this a bad thing? No, it's not. But understand, if the glass lid is not sealed properly against the top of your humidor, it's going to continually leak humidification out, and your system is going to have to work even harder to keep it humidified. And I've never seen Sarah's personally, so I don't know what hers is, but nonetheless, glass tops are really nice, especially if you're going to leave this out in an office environment or in your home for display because you get to look through the lid without having to open it and see all those lovely little cigars sitting there. So, you know, when you're looking at, if you're thinking about a glass top, the only thing I would advise, and I'm sure we all would, is be cautious about its construction. And if the price seems too good to be true, it probably is. So I have an idea. Um, because mine was very inexpensive. It was bought at a discount store. It was given to me. <gasps> it was a passed down store. It was passed down. Um, but it desperately needs to be saved. So why don't we do a Facebook, Instagram live of bringing back Sarah's glass top humidor back that, to life? That would be fun. That would be cool. And if we can't do it, one of us had to say, say he's dead, Jim. And that's okay. And we I'm, have to I'm and we willing. have to put a red shirt on when we do that. <laughs> I'll bring the sledgehammer. Oh no, we can't destroy it. She can turn into a jewelry box or something. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just throwing out ideas. I'm an idea guy. What can I say? They're not always good. I'm just an idea guy. Okay, let's talk built-in accessories for a minute. This is another touchy subject, and the reason I say it's touchy is because some people will argue that the built-in humidors are the built-in. Uh, hydrometers and the system that they come with are good. Others will disagree. Um, here's the thing. Again, I'm only talking my own experience and the group of experience here in the crew, but <clears throat> as so, pardon me, as some of you guys know, um, I also worked for Tobacco Republic like my brother does. And one of the things I learned in selling these selling humidors in the beginning is sometimes you get a hydrometer and the hydrometer can be 10 to 15 degree percentages off. So the dial's reading that you're at 70% humidity, you're actually either at 90 or at seven at uh, 60. So that can be a problem. And uh, Craig, you know, what, what is the big deal with, um, you know, with the hydrometer and keeping it, keeping it accurate? Am I, am I off base here? Well, not really. I mean, some of the hydrometers they come with are really old hydrometers. It's a very old model, and they're not the most, not the best well made. And a lot of the time, if you want to get them to say seventy, because they just don't work, you just twist the back, and it'll. I can make it say seventy if you want to feel better, but <laughs> they, they usually don't work. Um, you can get digital hydrometers. They're they're better. They'll range between on the right percentage to maybe being a couple of percentages off. They're pretty good. Depending on how expensive you want to get, you can get some really good hydrometers that are spot on, but we're talking a couple of hundred at that point. I know uh, one of, uh, I wish Lewis was here tonight because he's got one that is um, in his humidor and it Bluetooths to the wireless and he can be sitting here in the shop and see what his his humidor's at percentage-wise. And even, I think he can make adjustments, but I can't remember on that one. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if you can do the adjustments from here or not. Mm -hmm. um, so another thing that's going to be inside that humidor, and we've all bought humidors or we were given humidors or what have you. Most of them will come with an insert already. That insert typically, unless it is a, um, an, a 
shall we say more expensive humidor it's going to come might come with a bovita or a zycar system but typically when you buy a humidor they come with a um a plastic humidification unit and we'll call it a puck for now that unit has floral foam inside and if everybody should be familiar with it but if you're not it's a type of foam that absorbs liquid and releases liquid at the same time it's what florists use to make arrangements that don't go in vases 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 not vases not vases vases really really my pinky's out by the way (laughs) smoking my cigar (laughs) so the floral foam unfortunately it is not good at keeping a consistent humidity nor is it good at holding its water it drips and you don't want it dripping on your cigar just doesn't work because then you get water spots and mold and it just gets all kinds of bad so one of the things that I know they recommend here when they, they will recommend when you purchase a new humidor here, which I highly recommend coming in and seeing the fine folks here at Tobacco Republic, including Craig, is to get you set up, get it, they'll even get it set and ready to go here. Notice how you said the fine people at, including Craig. Yeah, including, yeah, Craig. including Craig. Yeah, I'm just that asshole. <laughs> Thankfully, nobody saw my face when you said that. <laughs> There'll be time for that. Video's coming. Um, you know, they'll set you up. They'll talk you through humidors. They'll talk you through all these things we're talking about. And they'll even help you set it up. And if you have questions, they've got answers. And, in fact, we'll get to that in a little bit on some common humidor issues. But um, look at when you're buying a humidor, I thoroughly recommend you look at an, a different humidification system, be it Zycar, um, which is a crystal puck with a gel solution or a liquid solution that you put in it or the Bovita system they're both really good systems and uh, it really does does take care of that system for you and the gel solution for Zycol is propylene glycol it's an antifungal medication as well ah that also benefits keeping it out of your humidor as well absolutely nice um now scott i know from yours you don't use a um a passive system you have an active system in yours yeah, I use it. Um, it was made by the fine people over at Cigar Oasis. It's a um, 2.0 model. They're up to the 3.0. And basically, it is a self-contained unit, whereas you put these little beads in and then fill with distilled water, and the beads expand, and then the humidification blows out. Now, the older model that I have, it has two fans, two little miniature fans that you put in different parts of the humidor, in order to circulate the humidity. Now, I was just looking on Amazon and a couple other places, and they now have the 3.0 unit that doesn't have the fans. It basically it has a more powerful fan that's within the humidification system that blows the humidity out. And, so no uh, need for an extra circulating fan? Exactly. Nice. And I kind of wonder about it, though, because I'm like, is the fan really that powerful? Especially with mine, because it's a taller humidor. It's about a little over six feet, and it's narrow. But, you know, I'm wondering if it gets all the way up into the other, um, into the top shelf, if you will, because I have mine on the very bottom. Now, some people will tell you that you have to put your humidification center um, system somewhere in the center or on the top, and the humidification will fall out. I tried doing that from the top, and my cigars on the bottom, they weren't getting humidification. I myself, to monitor the humidification, I went to Amazon, and it was pretty inexpensive. I bought, like, little miniature um, hydrometers, um, like four or five of them for, like, $30. 
and I've got them on each shelf so I can monitor each shelf to see what the humidification is to see how off is it. Um, 68, 69 is not the worst in the world. The whole thing though is you don't want these getting above 80% humidity because then you start to breed cigar beetles. Dun, dum, dum. 80 degrees. 80 degrees? 80 or? degrees. Ah. 80 degrees. The temperature, because the hotter the temperature, the, the eggs will hatch. There you go. I stand corrected. And since we're talking about cigar beetles, the formal name for these things is the Lacioderma seracone, a.k.a. the cigar beetle. Very, very insidious creature. Now, the one thing about these beetles, they can be in any cigar, be it a very expensive cigar or some cheap one you picked up from who knows where. It doesn't really matter. The thing is, they're about the size of a large grain of sand, which means really, really tiny. And as Craig was saying, what will happen is once the temperature gets above 80, the eggs start to hatch. They'll, you know, plant eggs and larvae, and they'll start to hatch, and it will spread throughout your entire humidor. And one of the things these little sons of bitches will do is if you'll notice, if you do have cigar beetles or if you've ever had cigar beetles, if you look in your humidor, there'll be these little itty-bitty tiny specks, little, look like they look like charcoal, like itty-bitty charcoal briquettes. And can you guess what that is? It's basically cigar beetle excrement. So not only are they dropping that into your humidor, it falls into your cigars. And you'll be able to tell if you have cigar beetles, if you look at your cigar and it has like tiny little pinholes in it, or you smoke it and it's bitter and smells bad. So basically you're smoking beetle crap. Yes. And someone will say, your cigar smells like shit. And literally, yeah, that's what it is. Now, when it gets to that point, you should notice that there's beetles in it. There should be holes everywhere when it gets that bad. Exactly. I mean, it's just part of the industry. It's something you just have to deal with. Right. Now, now Craig, I know most major tobacco houses, if not all of them, they take steps, don't they, to prevent the beetles from spreading? Yeah, so one of the main things they do before they ship them out is is they take them all and they freeze-dry them several times. So they bring the temperature down really low, that freeze-drying, to try to kill them off and kill any eggs. And if there's none there, it's just a precautionary measure to try to make sure they're not spreading. So that's what they do. And those those little guys are resilient little guys, I'll tell you that, little bastards. (laughs) They can last up to four days in zero degrees. Yes, they can. Zero degrees Fahrenheit, so... It's not a short process. Yeah, so... If you do have, you discover you have cigar beetles in your humidor, one of the things you're going to have to do is basically take all your cigars out and get, I would recommend Ziploc bags. Put them in Ziploc bags, close them up in the Ziploc bag, and then get another Ziploc bag and put that into the Ziploc bag. Because what you don't want to happen is any air getting into it while it's in the freezer. Because that happens, your cigar is ruined. So you put it in your freezer. Some people will do like two, three, even four, depending on how much you really, really value those cigars. I guarantee you, if it happened to my Cubans, yeah, it would be a four-bagger. And once you put them into the freezer, you just let them sit in there for about four days to kill all the cigar beetles. Then you have to put it into your refrigerator for another, I'd say, three days. And then once that's done, take them out of the refrigerator and leave them on the counter so that they get to room temperature and adjust. Um, that can take, depending on how many cigars you have, 
It could be anywhere from two to five hours. But what you want to happen is have all the cigars at room temperature. And then while you're doing that, of course, clean your humidor out with distilled water, of course, wiping all that stuff out and cleaning it. And um, then place your cigars back into your now clean cigar beetle free humidor. I think it should be noted, Craig, and I'm sure you'll agree. Don't disinfect your humidor with anything pesticide related. No, if, if, if it's that bad where they're chomping into the wood or causing problems, you, you either need to have the relining done or just get rid of the humidor. One thing to note, though, is that those guys are a little resilient, and they will typically take the path of least resistance, but if they have nothing left to eat, they will chew through plastic, even wood, if they have to. So if you forget about them in a Ziploc bag, they will eat through that bag to get out. They're, they're evil little creatures, aren't they? Well, the oh. good thing is they don't fly, so they don't spread very quickly. Right. <laughs> and that makes them manageable. And that's the other thing, too. If you have cigars that are in cellophane, um, don't think those are safe because the beetle will eat through that cellophane. Yuck. Yeah, not good. Okay, the last thing I got on humidors, and this is one of the most important things, and everyone here will agree with me. If you buy a humidor without a tight seal, you got a problem. It's got to seal properly. That is the fastest way that you're going to lose humidity aside from opening the thing, which if it's in my house, at least one gets opened daily. So the seal is majorly important. I've actually seen um, the crew here at Tobacco Republic with a humidor where the seal was too tight and they were actually making adjustments to the seal with a little sandpaper. And uh, I would really recommend you do that, have a professional do it. So, Craig, professional. Okay, so the easiest way to check if your humidor has a good seal is old engineering trick. You take a dollar bill, let you open the humidor, lay it on a part of the lid, close it, and if you can pull the dollar through easily, it doesn't have a good seal. You should have resistance. The harder it is to pull, the more the tighter the seal is. So you can do that all the way around and check it. And if you if you don't have a good seal, it could be a simple problem that maybe you need to sand a little section of it to even it out and get a better seal. That's a simple solution. It's really easy. Cool. You look like you're falling asleep over there. No. <laughs> okay, I'm going to fall asleep in a little bit. I was going to say, don't project your tired on me. That's awful <laughs> passive-aggressive of you, Greg. <laughs> nothing, pa- nothing passive about that at all. Jeez. So, I'm kind of done. Well, That's kind of the humidor thing, you know. It, it's there's such an important uh, important thing in in how you. Oh, I did think of something, but there is such an important thing on how you store your cigars that really it it behooves you to sp- get one that you can afford, but get the best quality that you can afford. And uh, uh, hey, I got a question for everybody while we're here because, um, you know, on travel humidors when you travel. Um, I know Sarah, Sarah and I and Scott tend to travel a little bit more than Craig does, but um, Sarah, how? Here. Yeah, he's always here at the <laughs> shop. But yeah. how how do you store when you travel? Um, on the rare occasion that I do travel with cigars, it depends on how many. Um, had I had the opportunity to grab any from Seattle and bring them back with me, I if Claire I, comes to mind. If if I hadn't smoked them all while I was in Seattle. Um, 
it probably wouldn't have been very many. Um, and so something like a, a quick um, Ziploc bag and a couple of Bavita packs, like, does the trick. Um, if I had space in my suitcase to take my herf, um, I would have done that. Your S- 10 count? Yeah. It just depends. Mm-hmm. I've done it as well. Um, there's times where... I don't want to put a hard case into my suitcase, so I'll slide like a few cigars into a Ziploc bag with a Brovita pack and then just make sure it's packed really well. Mm -hmm. You have to note that if you're going to go this route, you've got to be very, very careful because you've got to understand your baggage is going to shift, so it's got to be in a nice, cushiony, soft Mm -hmm. place. Usually. In a nice, soft pillow. Inside a shoe works really good if they're small enough. Hey, you can laugh. But when you figure how badly the baggage is handled when you're flying, mm-hmm. that's a pretty safe bet that it's not going to collapse when the luggage gets thrown around. No, dude, I was laughing at the fact when you said put it in a shoe, and I'm looking down at my shoe, I'm like... Your hey. size boats, chocolate dinosaur? Goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> I can put a buttload of cigars in my shoes. Yeah, I bet that is true. But I know, like, when we went to Denver... Um, I didn't end up taking any cigars with me because, good God, we're going to a cigar festival. But coming home with <laughs> 300 some odd cigars was and no hard case, that was a challenge, especially not to get anything at break. And I'm usually using a, a, I usually take my 50 count if I'm traveling too far, you know, my hard case. Yeah, I try to avoid the problem by not putting, like, when I have a massive amount of cigars, I don't put them in my checked baggage. I take them as carry-on. Mm-hmm. So but that's way I can control, you know, how they are, whatever. Of course, if you put it through TSA and they don't know any better, they've got all these little uniform sticks laying in a row. And, you know, in this day and era, you'll get one TSA agent thinking it's dynamite or something. <laughs> or then you're the smuggling son- marijuana, one of the two. And the sons of bitches steal your lighters. <laughs> Do not bring that topic up when Larry's here. <laughs> no. Larry wasn't the only one. They confiscated mine, too. Anyway. One one thing I'd like to address, because I think it'd be kind of important, is let's talk about if you're going to buy your first humidor, what do you guys think are the most important things to consider when you purchase your first humidor? How cool the outside is. How cool the outside is. What about you, Sarah? Um, <laughs> on the spot no, no 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 I'm trying to get around the size matters bit <laughs> but, but it just, does but there's no way to get around it. it it really does depend on how often you're going to be smoking at home or away from your local cigar shop like for someone like me who generally smokes in the shop um, although I'm starting to smoke Smoke more and more. Smirk. <laughs> You're starting to smurf more and more. It's what smurf- is smurftastic. In what here. does it look like when you choke a smurf? They don't turn blue. So what color do they turn? Oh, but you digress. Um, so it really does depend. Um, for the longest time, my herf was perfect because I didn't carry any more than ten cigars away with me. Um, but for all of the things that we did just talk about with um, keeping a, a humidor humidified, um, it does depend on how much you are going to be purchasing or how many you plan on keeping at home. Well, see, my thinking is is that... Build the, it and they will come? 
<laughs> Have you seen his humidor lately? Yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it really isn't that large. No, but it's full. <laughs> yes, it is, finally. But one of the things is, is that, you know, your humidor is a part of your evolution as a cigar smoker because when you start out, you are not going to buy a cabinet-sized humidor. You're going to start out with something small, more than likely like a 25-count um, desktop. Now, one thing I want to talk about, cigar count on humidors. It all depends on the size of cigars that you plan to put in there. We're back to size matters again. Yes, we are. I mean, you can put more than 25 lunch breaks in a 25-count um, cigar exactly. box. I'm trying to set myself on fire if anybody's paying attention. <laughs> we try not to. But um, it's one of those things where you're going to like grow out of your humidor and there's nothing wrong with that. So I would say, you know, if you're first starting out, don't worry about getting the most, you know, ginormous humidor that you can find. Get something that maybe this is a nice desktop that, you know, because you may, you know, be just a casual cigar smoker that smokes every now and then. Because, you know, there are those people who, you know, don't smoke a lot or it's a treat for them or for whatever reason. And as you go through your cigar journey, you're going to look at that 25 count and go, well, I want to get like something where I can put more cigars than that in, mm -hmm. you know, because some people start with just, you know, they're trying out different cigars and various cigars. So they're throwing those all in the humor, humidor. And then eventually you're going to get to the point where you're like, I really like this cigar, i.e. the Padron 64 that I just smoked mm -hmm. or I'm smoking now. Mm -hmm. And you want to get a box. Now you need a cabinet or something to store it in because you don't want that sitting out because you don't want it drying out. Definitely not. Right. So, Craig, what's your your thing you're looking for? <coughs> well, for me, what I think is important is if you're going to get a human, your first humidor, you should ask yourself, how many cigars do I plan on keeping on hand? Why do I plan on keeping them on hand? Because it's really easy to say, oh, I got to get that one. Cause mm -hmm. I, need, I need to have a lot of cigars, but if you're not going to buy the amount of cigars that it's going to take to keep that full so you can have that kind of selection on hand, then you don't need a humidor that big. So just think about how many do I want to keep on hand? Why do I want to keep them on hand? And maybe you don't want a tabletop humidor. Maybe you just want like a 10 or 15 count travel humidor because you take, you go, you work, you take them, you use them while you work a lot. So that's always a good option. Just think about what, what, what it is you want. And, and I can't speak for everybody here, but, um, Certain people work out of their home, but I have a small 10-count humidor in my office at work just in case I, you know, want to have a cigar on my drive home. So I have a small one at work. Always good information. Yes, always good. It's your shame you can't smoke it while you're at work. I know. You have no idea how much that would make the day so much more enjoyable. You need to figure out how to go back to the 70s. No kidding, right? Because <laughs> some of the older clerks have been telling me, you used to be able to smoke in the offices, and I'm sitting here going, Really? Hey, at some places you could drink in your office. And uh, not where I work, but anyway. <laughs> Only if you get caught, is it bad? That's probably true. It's also termination on the spot. But anyway. anyway yeah. um, so, you know, I, I, I don't know. Have we hit everything humidor related other than maybe some general problems with them? Oh. Quick thought. Yes. Which yes, is? Neil Patrick Harris. Huh? What? The Smurfs movie, Ketchup. Oh. <laughs> oh. Wow. Um, can we talk about the, like, the three 
backpack, like leather pockets. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Um, travel little little day travel cases. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Those are great. Um, I've got one. Scott's got one. Do I? I thought you did. <laughs> uh, if you don't, maybe now I know what your Christmas present is. Don't buy one. <laughs> I don't have one, but I know that I've brought it up several times to multiple people and um, haven't decided how I feel about them. You know, honestly, I, I may have one stuck in a box somewhere. My one problem with them for me personally is three cigars isn't enough. Which has always been my problem, but the more, so the reason I bring it up is lately I've been going down to Shady Lady um, and listening to music. Well, I can smoke cigars outside on the patio, which is fantastic. So what I've been- Drinking night's an option. Yeah, definitely. I'm in. Yeah. Um, Some great bands have been playing recently too. Um, But anyway, uh, so I've been taking- I've usually been taking the Gran Habano Cigarillos with me, which are great. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I want a cigar. So I've been taking like a, a Fum de Mor or an 88 or what else have I been grabbing? Oh, a 88s Rothschild, are awesome. Like just something short, which is fine too. But on a particularly nice night, it would be nice to have an option of a couple of cigars. Or to be able to give a cigar to a friend because I have plenty of friends who smoke cigars who are down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and taking my 10-count nerf <laughs> is not uh, compact. <laughs> no, not normally. Or like my 50-counter. Sure. Um, so I've, I've always been intrigued by them, and I just still haven't decided how I feel about them. I, I, I hear what you're saying. You know, one of the things that I hesitate with for example, when a friend of ours got married um, up at Catavadera, the winery up there in Lincoln. Yes. Um, I took my little travel case with me because it's nice. It looks elegant. It fit in my suit pocket, which was really good. The problem I have with those leather cases, if you buy, we're back to price. If you buy an inexpensive one, they don't hold humidity. Mm. So you really have to think about your price point on those because you... If you're going to have those cigars out of your humidor for more than what, Craig, an hour, two hours? Well, in California, our humidity is terrible, and with the heat, it could it could be thirty minutes, and your cigars are dry. It's really mm. quick. So that's a factor to to consider when you're yeah. looking at one of those. Definitely. Yeah, if you're lucky, quote unquote, and you live in the South, like you know New Orleans and whatnot. No, thank you. Yeah, the humidity is quite high, so your you're cigar can fine. hang out for a while. <laughs> So what I think for the leather cases is this is kind of one of those style things when you're trying to have a certain look. But what you can do with those is, is if you have a like a little water pillow, a little tiny humidification system, you can put the cigars in there and slip it into the lid and gently close it and help keep them more humidified. So you get one of those if you're trying to have a certain aesthetic you're going for. But if you're like most of us, most of the time it's just, I need the practicality of carrying cigars. So nice that nice hard plastic case that I can drop and not damage my cigars is always a good option. Mm-hmm. I don't think we even touched on the small case, the small plastic cases. They have a great seal, um, and they come in different sizes. You can um, have like the smaller case that'll fit probably five. No, nah, more than that. I think the one that I carry, I can carry probably about you know a little short of ten. Well, they do have that, but they also have just like a five. Yeah, and yeah, and one of the things I found is if you take the foam out of it, 
your 10 count magically goes to 15 or 20. It's true. That's what I did. I've done that. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. the foam, only thing the, the foam really serves a purpose for is to protect the cigars. And if you're going to keep it full most of the time, they're not going to move around a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I noticed something before when which you folks didn't get to hear when we talk about as we're setting up the equipment. You had a trivia question for us, Craig. Oh. I did. Let's hear it. Everybody put your phones away, please, and thank you. So, I have a <laughs> trivia question, and it's a Star Wars trivia question. Yay! Oh, I think Sarah and Scott are going to be on, on this one, <laughs> but we'll see. I, I highly doubt any of you are going to get this. I, I, didn't, I didn't know it until a week ago, and I was like, really? Yeah, that scares me. Okay, so... What was the first on-screen appearance that Boba Fett made? What movie? It depends. Because in the remake of um, A New Hope in 77, when they added the additional footage, Boba Fett made an appearance there. Now, the next appearance he made, well, the original, if you just go by the original with no extra footage whatsoever, it would be The Empire Strikes Back. Sarah, would you like to take a guess? I was going to go with Empire Strikes Back, but I feel like that's too easy. It is too easy. Oh, <laughs> you know what? Oh, wait. I know what you're doing. You're talking chronological order. I'm saying the very first time he made an appearance on screen, what what movie was that? Well, if it wasn't Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, what movie was it? Then it has to be A New Hope. No. What, Greg, would you, would you care to wager a guess? Because we've eliminated those two options. May I ask a question? Absolutely. <laughs> Are we talking celluloid film or animation? That's a very good question. It would be animation. So it would have to be, then it has to be, my guess is going to be the original um, LucasArt animated series, which was when they kidnap, um, they kidnap that little worm that was uh, um, one of the Hutt's children and they kidnap him. And that was, I believe, I don't remember what it was called. I think it was like the, it's the prequel to the um, Clone Wars series. Mm. Would you guys like to know the answer now? Please. Well, obviously. Okay, so it's terrible, but it's one of the worst things you could ever watch. The first time Boba Fett made an appearance was an animation, a hand-drawn cartoon in the Star Wars holiday special that came out not long after A New Hope. That was, really? That was his first on-screen appearance. Wow. <laughs> you see how silent we are at this point? The look of surprise on Sarah's face. I'm glaring like... at Craig right now, and none of you can see it, but yeah. that's, <laughs> that's okay. Okay, I need to cleanse my brain with a Star Trek question. <laughs> we need some real trivia. <laughs> what is the name of the place that Klingons who die honorably go? Stovacor. There you yes. go. Nice. Now, All right. Since we're on, since we're talking about sci-fi again, <laughs> have any of you seen the new, the newest trailer for Star Trek Picard? Yes. yes. Are there only two? Because I've seen there are only two. Yeah. Oh my God! Have you seen what they did to Data's face? Well, oh, I haven't seen that one yet. He's old. He does the best I know. Brent do. Spiner's in his sixties, <laughs> but I, know, I have to look. Yeah, it, it's a, it's an, it's a. It looks like a really neat concept. Um, you know, some great actors are coming back. Jerry Ryan's going to be back. Uh, Jonathan Frakes, Patrick Stewart. Say her Yay. name for me because I'll butcher it. Marina Sirtis. Thank you. That one. Um, 
obviously Brent Spiner's coming back, and then there's a bunch of nobodies that I have no idea who they are. I think they're new characters. I have no idea who they are. It's either. what it looks oh like. Oh my! Yeah, there's Sorry. gonna be a whole bunch of new characters. Y'all, I just pulled up a photo of what Data looks like in Star Trek Picard. The mask is just awful. Is this going to be a movie or is this a new no, series? No, it's a new series, oh. but you have to pay for it's it. It's only on CBS All Access, oh. which means it's a subscription. Yeah. It's only like six Oh, great. A month, Another y'all. subscription. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's all the, I need. I'll add it to the list. It's still cheaper than cable. I, he looks <laughs> a little bit bloated. Yeah, just a little bit. Not cheaper than my cable. Fight <laughs> 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 me, at <laughs> Yeah, I got so, my first bill for DirecTV. How's your $24 a month bill? Uh, actually, it's a little higher. It's like 42 Yeah, but there's taxes and stuff included. Well, in there's that. taxes, and I'm powering six TVs, so. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I don't know why I six did TVs that. Six TVs for two people? I know. it's Well, two people and the dog. You're just a really good say, host. I was going to say, don't forget Reno. <laughs> yeah, speaking of, I got to babysit the little twerp. Twerp again. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Where oh, are we going this soon. time? Uh, Mexico. Oh, nice. Well, we'll expect a report when you get back. Yes. Can't if, wait to hear about especially it. Especially the cigars that you find. Oh, by the way, don't buy, not that you don't know this, but you might not, don't buy glass-topped Cohiba boxes in Mexico from people on the beach. Oh, geez, no. I, I usually feel like don't that's buy. a rookie mistake. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been to Mexico a couple of times, and, you know, funny story. Back in the um, late 90s, um, I was doing a junket and went out to Mexico and... I didn't know better, and I'm looking for Cubans. So I'm talking to the guy in Spanish and asking him about the Cubans, and he tells me how much they are. And I'm like, oh, no, it's muy caro, no. And I actually picked up a cigar that was made in Mexico. It was inexpensive, and I smoked it as I crossed the border, and it was a damn good cigar. And I'm like, for a Mexican cigar, this is actually nice. It happened. (laughs) <laughs> For those of you who didn't Did hear you guys that, actually hear that? Yes. yes. Oh yes. man. <laughs> <laughs> Poor We've Sarah. been waiting for eight episodes for that to happen. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I would say you know if you happen to go to Mexico, give a Mexican cigar a try. They are not bad at all. They are not horrible cigars. You know what we need to do? We need to get a hold of Rich and get him to send us some of those cigars that he smokes down no, in why? Costa Rica. Why? No. Why would no, we punish you. ourselves? No. I don't want to. <laughs> no, what he needs to do is get like get us a, like, a crap load of Byron's. No, no, Benigno. Ooh, Benigno's oh. factory's in the town that Rich is in. Yeah, he needs to come with a suitcase of those. Yes, he does. In fact, he'll be up here in April. We'll have to get him... Uh, We'll make sure we record a special episode when he comes in April. For sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Absolutely. Well, he's got to come back up. His mom's still alive, so he'll be back. Oh, and tax time. So he's got to There's that too. Yeah, so he's got to file and do all that happiness. So yeah, he's Mm -hmm. usually here in April. Well. We covered some good stuff tonight, I think. I think so too. I know, um, I hear rumor about an upcoming coffee segment, Sarah. Oh, yes. What you got planned? I'm not telling. Uh-oh. When can we expect this wonderful new segment, <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris? I'm so giddy with excitement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to punch you. <laughs> I can teach you how. <laughs> um, I don't know. Scott and I need to decide when we're going to do it. Okay. 
Sounds like fun. And uh, your black belt test is coming up pretty soon, isn't it, Scott? Oh, yeah, in December. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be like two workouts a day. That regiment, oh, I've already started it. And it's not, I don't want to call it painful. No, it is painful. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's this other thing that could be interesting, too. That could be a funny YouTube segment. Watch get Scott get his butt kicked by the sensei. <laughs> Well, the sensei just grades me. He's not the one pummeling me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. So, final thoughts, folks? Well, I would just like to say that, you know, as I look at the um, folks who, you know, the location of where our podcast is being listened to, and, you know, I was quite pleased and surprised we are being heard and you know it sounds like you know terrestrial radio when i say that because you know the internet is worldwide of course so naturally we could you know wind up in certain places but we're being heard as far as india canada and denmark which is pretty awesome i think we are around the globe now we are around the globe baby and i just like to say to those you know the folks who are listening out there drop us an email we'd love to hear from you and that email address, folks, is beyondthehumidor at gmail.com. And not to leave out our Native American friends, please email us as well. How? You just said. <laughs> <laughs> the email address doesn't change. Also. Nice skip joke there, Scott. Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can find that all that information on the website, which is LoomisCigarCartel.com. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And hey, I want to I want to say thank you real quick to somebody. Um, you know, we've talked about on the on the one of the original shows um, wanting to get together and do a cigar drive um, and give those to some first responders that are around the area of the local shop here. And um, we got a donation the other night, Ron. Gave it to us. Damn it. Um, anyway, somebody dropped it off here at the shop, and I don't know who it is. They weren't sure who it is. I just want to say thank you so much for that. It will uh, be stored until we get everything together to go at Christmas time and drop them off, so we greatly appreciate that. And uh, thank you for being the first one to donate to that that cause. It's really a good, good thing going on around here. And we'll have more information on how you can participate and donate to this great cause um, in upcoming episodes. Definitely. Yeah. I'd also like to give a shout out to Matt over at Skip's Music for helping us set up all of our equipment and get us started. I'm glad you remember to do that. <laughs> Poor Matt. Because we're eight episodes in and we've forgotten about you. We are so sorry. How many times have we talked about it after the show? Like, <laughs> oh, wait, we forgot again. I oh, know. Seven times. Yes. Matt, thank you. This device has been amazing. Um, the device in particular we're talking about is the um, Roadcast um was it the road? Um, it's the road procaster. Thank you, road pro. Um, go ahead. Yeah, what he said. It's too <laughs> many words for you, isn't it? Apparently, you so. need your speaking spell really badly, don't you? It's <laughs> more wine, Scott. <laughs> and, you know, it's this really cool device. It allows us to come and visit you guys in your homes, and uh, and you know, and another thank you to all you for listening. And uh, please drop us a line, tell us your comments. We want to hear what you want us to talk about. You know, we. 
we come up with these episodes off the cuff on our own um, once a week. And if you have a particular subject that you want to hear, then uh, drop us a line. Send us an email. We will talk about it. And if it's something we know nothing about, guess what? We'll learn. So, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, email, website. Although, Sarah and I got to get a way for you to email us from the web direct. But, uh, but we're working on that, too. So drop us a line. We hope to hear from you. And I think with that, I hope everyone has a good night, and we will see you all on the next episode next week of Beyond the Humidor.